This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Craig Zaleski, retired U.S. Air Force Master Sergeant whose life changed after what he thought was a simple sinus infection that led to being diagnosed with a brain tumor. Now, living life as a survivor, Craig shares his courageous story and encourages all of us to inspire others and be everyday leaders who can change the world. Start your personal growth journey today, where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com. Register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader that can change the world. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Craig Zaleski, thank you for sharing your story tonight on Everyday Leaders. You're welcome, Melania. Looking forward to it. Oh, my goodness. People that are tuning in right now, they've heard a little bit of an introduction about where we're going to take this show. But you are a warrior. You are a veteran of the Air Force. You are a survivor. You are a champion. So many things that we're going to celebrate with you tonight. And so I, I just really, from the bottom of my heart, want to start this off by saying thank you so much for just coming on and being authentic and helping all of us understand what it is to be an everyday leader to inspire people. So, gosh, Craig, I wish I could You're, give you a big hug right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Melanie. I'm proud to be able to do this. I've been looking for this uh, uh way to, to, to share my story and to inspire uh, other people uh, and give them hope. Uh, there's so many things. We talk about your journey. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, for those of you that don't know your story, talk to us a little bit about where you are in the United States, kind of what brought you in, into the um, into the Air Force, and a little bit of your history. Well, I, I'm sure I can relate to everyone that is listening that back when I was 18 years old and I knew everything, uh, <laughs> I decided to join the United States Air Force. I was uh, born and raised in Stratford, Wisconsin, a little town of 1,500 people. When I left, and it's still 1,500 
people today, uh, farming town, joined the, mil- joined the military because I wanted to be a truck driver, but I couldn't uh, be a truck driver until I was 23 years old uh, because I couldn't get uh, get a, a, a CDL license because my dad had been a truck driver my whole entire life and I wanted to follow in my dad's footsteps. So I decided to do four years in, in the military and lo and behold, I was getting to my four year mark when I knew, well, I was about three years and I knew I was going to have to make a decision decision pretty soon to either reenlist or get out. Mm-hmm. But I had put a stipulation on myself that uh, if I was going to reenlist, it wasn't just going to be for another four years. It was going to be to retire. I wasn't, uh, I was going to make a firm, de- firm decision on that. I was either going to get out or I was going in to retire. Mm-hmm. Well, one day while I was stationed at uh, Tyndall Air Force Base in Panama City, Florida, uh, I was mopping the floor in our shop and I decided this isn't a bad job at all. Uh, and I decided to reenlist and I made a promise to myself that I was going to reenlist for to retire. And I, I did do that and retired with 21 years of service. Uh, but I made the life changing decision, mopping a floor. Uh, wow. So then now, now, now I'm retired. I retired out of, uh, McCord Air Force Base in Washington State, and I live currently in Montgomery, Alabama, and I am working for the Central Alabama Veterans Healthcare System here in Montgomery, serving other veterans like myself. It's a wonderful, a wonderful legacy to be able to know what your calling is. You know, some, so many of us say servant leadership, but you really felt it in your heart when you made that decision mopping that floor. This is where I want to be. Yeah, is, yeah. Right? This is how I see myself. Yeah. And and so yeah, thank you. Thank you for making that unselfish decision to step into that role and and really knowing that that was going to be your life. You were giving up your dream to to step into something you really believed in. Yes, ma'am. I did. I truly did. You're a warrior and a champion. There are some significant things that happened in your life that uh, took a turn and it didn't go exactly how you wanted it to. And, and you had to pivot and you had to relearn how to do many things uh, that, that many of us are saying, well, I, I couldn't have done that the way you did it. And so I want you to take us back to the day that your life changed. The day that my life changed was in late July 2012, but it actually started changing sooner than that. Uh, in 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 late 2011, I was uh, working for my squadron first sergeant. I was what they call in the Air Force an undershirt, where I was helping him take care of about 450 personnel and I totally loved the job. Everybody was, uh, uh, when, when you're a younger airman, 
you're scared of the first sergeant because it always represents that you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case. Uh, I loved doing what I was doing. Yes, there was some discipline stuff that we had to do, but other than that, most of the job was very, very satisfying. Uh, and in 2012, beginning of 2012, I had talked to my wife and I decided to uh, put in a put in a package to become a full-time first sergeant. But also during that time, I was starting to feel this just a little bit of a little bit pressure inside my head. Uh, but I shook it off, kept pressing forward. What did you think it was? What you, Craig, what do you think when you first felt that? You know, because a lot of people that are listening to this, you know, they hear your commitment, your service, your just your focus on what you want to do, your goals. And so when you feel something, a health issue, come on. And you kind of like, oh, I, right. That's just that. That's nothing. I can get through this. Yes. Yes. I thought it was a, a sinus infection because I had sinus infections before. Uh, and I <laughs> went to the doc and, and told him what I was feeling. And he flipped me a prescription for sinus infection. And I went and got the medicine. And I took it for about uh, three weeks, and the pressure wasn't going away. As a matter of fact, the pressure was getting worse. I stopped taking the prescription and just kept pushing pushing forward. Uh, my package for going to be a first sergeant uh, was moving forward, but my first sergeant called me up one day at work and told me that I needed to uh, have a passing PT test Mm. to move my package forward. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, looking back at it now, this was uh, what I'm about to say was my first indication that there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went, I told the shirt, I said, Hey, no problem. I've been busting this PT test out since it started back in 2007. I crushed it every time. Actually, I even helped other airmen pass their PT test by pacing them on their PT test and helping them along. So let me ask you, but Craig, I can, I, can I stop you real quick? Yes, ma'am. So what is involved in the PT test? Uh, it's a mile and a half run. Uh, I don't know exactly the standards right now, but it's push-ups <laughs> and sit-ups and a waist measurement. Yep. Uh, when, when that happened, and there's certain uh, times that you would have to get to score a certain amount of points to get the minimum score to pass PT test. Say, say it was an 80, uh, you had to do run your mile and a half in a certain time and, and do a certain amount of sit-ups and push-ups and have a certain waist measurement to equal up to those points to have a passing PT test mm-hmm. to say of an 80. Uh, but, when I went to, I, I had, I had actually, honestly, I'd passed the PT test, but I missed one of the components, which I didn't make the minimum score on the sit-up portion of the PT test, mm-hmm. which makes it a fail. Uh, I was shocked, blown away, 
totally surprised. Uh, but as I said, that was probably that was the first indication that there was something physically wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I took, I did, I did, I went and told my told my wife, told my kids. My kids and my wife were totally surprised. Uh, couldn't believe it because they knew what kind of guy I or how I felt about the PT test. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to my first sergeant and told him the results of my PT test. And he was shocked. But at that time, he was uh, about to sew on Chief Master Sergeant, or E-9, uh, which is the highest enlisted rank in Air Force. Mm -hmm. But he had also failed his PT test (laughs) to sew that on too. But But his leadership gave him a second chance him to bust his butt in the uh, mandatory PT. If you fail uh, a PT test, you've got to go to mandatory PT. Mm-hmm. He he went and busted his butt and passed the PT test and was able to so on Chief Master Sergeant. He gave me the same opportunity. Uh, I went to the mandatory PT, uh, went back to test about a month later, and failed again. Mm-hmm. And now, now I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a crossroad because I'm a senior NCO in the United States Air Force, and I, at 18 years already, uh, and I can't, for me, I can't make the minimum standards on a PT test that I thought was pretty easy, and I couldn't. I couldn't make those standards. How could I continue to supervise and lead airmen in the air force when I can't meet the minimum standards? Mm -hmm. Basically, basically I pretty much thought it was a career ender for me. And that was, I mean, I'd love, I'm at 18 years. I loved serving in the United States air force and my family were, was all air force too. And we couldn't, uh, weren't going to be able to, to stay in, I was going to have to get out sooner than I wanted. Uh, but that happened uh, March 2012. Uh, the head pressure was still getting worse, mm-hmm. uh, but I was still at work. And as, uh, like I said, I was a senior NCO and I was second in charge of. First, well, actually, one section I was in charge of, and I moved to another section, and I was second in charge of it. Uh, but I, looking back, I know I, I was sleeping a lot more. I couldn't handle the uh, heat as much as I used to be able to. We were stationed in Okinawa, uh, Japan mm-hmm. at the time, at Kadena Air Base. Uh, I was... Like I said, I was sleeping a lot, was coming into late or coming into work late, which nobody questioned me on because I was a senior NCO. Uh, there was nobody there that was going to question me. Nobody even noticed. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you knew it. You but, know, that, that's the thing as a but, it being in the uh, in the military, you know, you have these standards and you're measuring yourself by how you feel and that. Yes. Having that fear of like, what 
is there something wrong? Is there really something clinically wrong that you that you don't know, right? The uh, the unanswered yeah. question in your mind. Yes. Uh, but uh, I press forward through it. it and, and I'm a mechanic and, and, and that's my job. And, and I don't, I try not to, unfortunately, I tried as hard as I could not to let that uh, show or let that slow me down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in July of 2012, my family and I were coming home from church on a Sunday morning. And in front of the door of my house, there's a pillar. And my son, youngest child of the four that I have, uh, it was 10 at the time. And he said, Hey dad, can I go unlock the door to go into the house? And I said, dad, no problem. Colby. Uh, I'm going to, I flipped him the keys and he ran off to unlock the door. Well, and there's a pillar in front of the door in my house. And for some reason, I remember putting my hand up on this pillar and I started shaking and I couldn't stop. I didn't have any control uh, over, over the shaking. And it went on for about 30 to 45 seconds. Come to find out, I just had a seizure. I had it in front of my kids and my wife, and it scared scared them a lot. We it finally stopped, and we were able to go inside and got got the kids kind of settled down. And my wife and I sat and talked, and she said, "Well, we're going back to the doctor." And <laughs> at that. After what had just happened, I didn't have any argument to uh, stand off on what she was about, what she was saying and demanding. Uh, and we went back to the doc, and she came with me this time. And I told it was the same doctor that I had given, or that I had told uh, I had a sinus infection mm-hmm. for a couple months earlier. Uh, went. Went and I told him the same story that I had, and I told him about the the shaking that had happened. And my, like I said, my wife was with me, and she was sitting across the room. She looked at the doc when she started to tell her side. She says, "That's not the man that I married sitting across from you. That's not the father of my children. There is something wrong with him, and you need to find out what is wrong." And he said, okay. Uh, And he sent me to get an MRI. And anybody that's listening knows the military medical system doesn't move all that fast at all. Uh, But it it went on uh, a couple weeks down the road. I got an MRI or I got an appointment for an MRI. And my wife came with me and we went and got the, got the MRI done. And the radiologist told me, that I'd find out the results in 48 to 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Well, the place where I got my MRI done was about 20 minutes away from where I lived. And at 30 minutes, they were calling me back, telling me to come back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. 
and they told me the results of the MRI, and they said that I had a grapefruit-sized brain tumor in my head. I mean, for people that are listening right now, Craig, and they say, you thought you had a sinus infection, here you have this seizure, you're terrified because your family has seen this, your wife is scared, you're scared, and now they've called you back and told you this information. And as you, right. as, a, as a committed military servant leader, thinking, what's going to happen next? Like, what were your thoughts at that moment? Well, <laughs> I didn't really know exactly what was going on. I didn't know the gravity of what was happening. <laughs> My wife did the rest of my family after she had gotten off the phone understood what was going on from my dad to my sister and, and my in-laws. Mm -hmm. But I remember going back to my shop and talking to my boss and I told her what I had just been diagnosed with. And I remember her almost falling out of her chair. Mm -hmm. And I had told her, I said, look, ma'am, this, I'm going to go to Tripler Army Medical Center, which is in Hawaii, in a couple of days, uh, and they're going to take this tumor out of my head, and I'll be back in about a month back at work. <laughs> well, little did I know that I was never going to make it back to Okinawa, uh, Japan. I ended up spending, this was, as a matter of fact, Melanie, uh, my eight-year anniversary just passed a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. I ended up spending 200 days straight in the hospital. I got the tumor removed, but when they moved me from from Triple Army Medical Center in Hawaii up to Seattle, multiple things went wrong. I was put into a medically induced coma. Uh, I have a big old circle in the middle of my neck for where my trach was. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember anything from August of 2012 until the Super Bowl in January 2013. Wow. And I, I really, I, I want to share this part. When we were in Hawaii, when we were on Oahu, we went and visited Pearl Harbor. And as for a military guy, you know, this is a pretty sovereign spot uh, to visit. And I don't remember anything because my, the tumor was putting so much pressure in my head that I was losing my memory. Uh, so with that being said, now I have a reason to still go back to Hawaii because I don't remember my <laughs> one and only trip to Pearl Harbor. So I have to go back to Hawaii to visit Pearl Harbor because mm -hmm. it was, I've, I've seen the pictures, but I don't remember actually being there. And, uh, you know, like I said, I don't remember, I don't remember anything until January, 2013. 
And, you know, you think about that loss and so many of us, you know, think about the things that we have missed. And I relate that to COVID-19, right? The things that we haven't been able to celebrate, but those months to you, being in the hospital, being unable to even understand the environment that you were in, not remembering anything that's happening, um, your family being scared to death, you going through the surgery and having to teach yourself how to do everything over again. I think that's kind of a lesson um, that I'd like for you to share that beginning, right? Starting over. I had to learn everything, everything that we take for granted from eating to walking to even holding my, be, uh, being strong enough to hold my eyelids open so that way I could see. I couldn't, I had to relearn how to eat again. I had to relearn how to talk again. I had to relearn how to walk again. All the active daily living things that we do on a daily basis, I had to really learn how to do. Uh, and it was extremely frustrating not to be able to do it in the hospital. Uh, and if, if I've got some time, I'd like to share something that I did while I was in the hospital. Uh, well, excuse me. When they took the tumor out, uh, my brain had hemorrhaged, which when, when it swelled uh, and they had to take out my forehead and I had to have, uh, they drilled some holes in the back of my head through my skull to relieve the pressure. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have an actual bone for a forehead. I have a synthetic bone in my forehead and I have this awesome backwards part and across my head from ear to ear (laughs) as a scar to remind me every day that hey uh, this is what I tested you with and and, uh, I'm thankful for that scar every day because I remember it humbles me consistently mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Uh, but I can also joke about it. Uh, but yes, I had to learn everything that we do. Everything. I, I'm not going to get into all of the details of it, but I had to really learn how to do everything all over again. Uh, so many people, and, so many people listening to this, Craig, you know, the empathy of just thinking how you survived this and how your family survived this and say, you know, your outlook, your positive outlook and your training, you know, a military trained person is you just survive. You just get through it. You know that tomorrow if you just give effort to it. And so relearning all of those tasks and, you know, always thinking about your family is who you're doing this for. You want to survive for them and you want to be stronger and, and the things that you've done, the events that you've showed up to, you know, and if anybody's on uh, line right now, you can look up Craig, Z-A-L-E-S-K-I, the things that you've done physically 
just a few years after all of this happened in 2012. It's crazy to think how you bounced back because of, you know, the will to want to get back into everything that you loved. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in the military, it's, uh, called resiliency, Mm -hmm. uh, resiliency in the military is, is learn from your, learn from your mistake and bounce back and, and, and make it happen. But I know now that resiliency just sometimes doesn't happen mm-hmm. in 10 minutes a day. Uh, it can take years. And like I said, from learning how to walk all over again in 2013 and in 2019, I competed in the Montgomery Half Marathon here in Montgomery, Alabama. And completing that was a huge, huge deal for me to, 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 to go from not being able to walk and learning how to walk again to completing 13.1 miles of running. Wow. It's, it's, I can't even express the word or how I felt the melody, the, the biggest thing out of, out of some of those feats that I, I, that I, that I was able to compete in uh, the warrior games in 2015, Mm -hmm. which is a, a competition between wounded warriors in the, uh, from all the method, from all the military services to completing that marathon, everything in that aspect was for my kids that, Hey, yep, your dad was down, but he's been blessed to come back. And I argue that I've come back stronger than what I was before uh, I had this brain tumor. Absolutely. You know, the things in life that and teach always, us. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I always, I, I, I think, I believe this, that back in 1993, God pressed, God blessed me with joining the United States Air Force. He, he's, he challenged me with joining the military. When I got to this point where I was at 18 years in the military, he said, Craig, you know, you've got this military thing down. <laughs> you, you've succeeded. Now I'm going to give you another challenge. I'm going to challenge you with your life. Mm-hmm. And if you have the faith to believe in me, then I'm going to lead you through it. And he did. And I thank him every day that I'm able to put two feet on the ground and press forward 
thank them every day for the example that I've set for my children to press forward and, and, and yeah, uh, to, 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 to just think about what they had to sit through for 200 days in a hospital, watching me learn how to do everything all over again and watch me go through so many surgeries uh, that, as a matter of fact, I believe my daughter is going to school right now and she's going into the medical career field. And I believe that spending so much time in the hospital, that's what sparked her interest into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had significant influence have, on her. Yes. Yes. Uh, my other, one of my, one of my other sons is going into kinesthesiology, which is, he wants to help people too, because he doesn't want people to have to suffer, suffer like I suffered. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, my youngest just turned 18 years old today, and he's uh, in college. Uh, he's not going into medical career field, but he's going into a pretty challenging career field of criminal justice. Uh, but, yes, I'd, I'd say everything I do is for my kids. Uh, it, you know, your message, and, it's so important Craig, I know that, you know, what you've been through, uh, a lot of people may not be able to even absorb in their mind to say, well, you thought you had a sinus infection, you didn't take care of it. You know, women listening to this would say, yeah, that's a man for you, <laughs> right? <laughs> we can't get him to yeah, go to get, get taken care of. <laughs> but, you're, you're correct. I, I feel that way. You're, you're, you're correct. I, I do feel that way. <laughs> But I, I, when I when I share my story, it's like I'm I'm a mechanic. I work with my hands. I work with wrenches. Uh, I in oil and dirt and this, that, and the other thing. And there's no you can't stop it. Uh, but yes, uh, my hard headedness, I believe, is the word you're looking for, uh, <laughs> is what kept made it made it so. Traumatic. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't but stop, I do want, I, right? You can't stop that. But the thing is, when you realized, when you had symptoms, and this is so important for people to realize, is when you had symptoms, you know, it was kind of like the symptoms are showing up and now it's too late. And so yes. as you recognized, you know, having to go and learn this 200 days in the hospital, you know, your comeback story, though, is it's, it is the resilience of what you learned in the military. And you stepped into that servant leadership learning that if you just apply those strategies, you can really live such a fulfilled life and inspire and influence the world and your kids and your family and those that you serve because you have a servant's heart. Yes, ma'am. I, I, I love didn't know that I would love working in this VA hospital. Uh, this is my first job after uh, after I retired from active duty. Um, I was able. I'm, 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 I've walked the halls of our hospital now, and uh, I see World War II veterans. I see Korean War veterans. I see Vietnam War veterans, and then I see. Uh, 
my era of veterans. And Melanie, I can't. The I don't even know how to say it. The camaraderie between us, regardless of where, when, and how we serve, mm-hmm. it is it is just awesome. Mm-hmm. I could talk to any one of these veterans in this hospital like I've known them for 15 years, mm-hmm. uh, and, and 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 we all have the same sense of humor. <laughs> we all have the same sarcastic uh, mindset. And, and, and we've all, we've all got our stories to share and it's just, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I, I was able to, this is, I, there's some, there's some guys that have been working in my uh, service for 15, 20 years. And this is still part of my resiliency part, but I was able to, learned a job, learned everybody's job and also become a supervisor to lead our section within three years. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and now I've even believe it, I've, I'm still being humbled by this, but I'm about to accept a job with another company, a multi-million dollar contract and I'm about to be a supervisor there because they've seen my work ethic at my current job and they offered me a position. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. uh, I have no words. You know, it goes back. But everybody's like, well, it goes back to this theory of your inner circle. You know, when you talk about when people close their eyes and They've not experienced a military training. And that is so important because the inner circle of that bond, like you explained, you know, it really has helped you heal. And even though you had to change what you were doing, you were still surrounded by what you believed in. And so many, and so many people just kind of forget to reflect on that. So I really appreciate you saying that because it's a, it's a huge lesson uh, for anyone that's listening right now. It, it, uh, it, it's, there's just not words for it. It, there's just not words. I, I, I love doing what I'm doing. I love supporting, still serving and supporting the veterans for our country and, and, and believing that, Hey, you know, these are my guys. Plus it's also my hospital because, well, I'm a veteran as well. So I want my hospital running efficient and effectively as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's humbling every day that I get up and I get to go to work when there was talk, when I was first diagnosed, uh, there was talk that my dad and my wife had heard that there was a chance that I would never work again. I may never get back any of the tools or get back, go back to a normal life, I guess. And through perseverance and, and, and a little bit more hardheadedness, uh, I, I, I made it, I made it back through 
and that's all I really want is for people to to know that yep there are challenges that he throws us on a daily basis oh and and there's always resiliency to get through them uh there's there's as speaking of I was on uh, I was on a nonprofit uh, trip out to Park City, Utah, a couple of years ago. We were downhill snow skiing, and, and Park City is beautiful. Uh, but there was a bunch of interns there that were helping all of our all of the veterans learn how to ski and do things safely, and all of this, that, and the other thing. And we were wrapping up the week, and one of the interns, this intern, was in college. He says, "You know." what do you, I don't know what I'm supposed to take from helping all of you veterans out. <laughs> and I said, well, you can, you can look at a lot of us and we've all got our, there's some amputees there. There's uh, a lot of veterans got a lot of uh, other challenges. Uh, and I said, there's you, I told him, I said, you've seen us all ski up and down this hill all week long. We didn't tire. We had a good time. We didn't sweat about the small stuff. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, that's what you should take from this is that you can't sweat about your cell phone not working. Uh, you can't, you can't sweat about the small stuff because there is someone else that always has a bigger, bigger issue that they have to overcome. Uh, mine being a brain tumor, uh, some of my other that's being an amputee or having a prosthetic, uh, that's what I told him to take from it. And he was like, well, thank you very much, uh, uh, Craig. Uh, he shook my hand and he says, uh, I can, I, I understand your point. And I, I'm glad he took that. And I'm glad he actually asked me that that day because that was pretty cool for him to actually listen to me and understand what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, so many of us just forget, you know, it's the simple principles that really appreciate every day that you're given every gift, mm-hmm. every, every opportunity to inspire someone to say, if you were challenged with this, could you take that same attitude and that warrior mindset that you have that was instilled in you. And like you said, you know, God gave you the military training so that you would prepare for resilience because there was something coming. And we always have to think about what is preparing us. And as we sit here and going through COVID-19, many people that are thinking, yeah, what is this doing for me? How is this making me stronger so that I can show up for things that are that, that I'm being prepared for, right? Had you had right. not experienced that, you may not have come through what you did and learned the lessons that you did to then carry on and teach everyone and inspire your family and the world. Yeah. Yes. I, it, it, it's, it's, it's blessed. Doesn't explain it. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciative. Yes. Uh, do I live every day to its fullest? Yes. Uh, I was just talking to, uh, unfortunately, through this whole process, my 
then wife and I have uh, gotten divorced. But uh, through this whole process, she's like, you've never, you, you've, you've humbled yourself, but you've never lost your hard head. In this. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Cause there's, the, I, I, I haven't slowed down one bit. I've got through the hard times. Uh, and then as soon as I, when I was able to, it took a couple of years. Uh, I didn't come back after 2014 when I retired from the military. I, it took years to get back just to, to where I'm at now because mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't I wasn't able to start working. But when I started working uh, in 2016, my dad just told me a couple of couple of weeks ago. He's like the, the best thing, believe it or not, Craig, was is that you were able to start working again. Mm-hmm. You were able to start using your mind. And, and you had, you had another goal because for two years I didn't have another goal. Uh, mm-hmm. But you I know what? You had to take care of yourself. Through. That's the thing. You, some right. of us, we want to rush things, right? And, and listening to all of the things that you were challenged with, you don't really know how you're going to react to something when you first go through it. You have to really step back and reflect and go, oh, okay, that was what I was supposed to do. But you have to absorb the now, the right here and now. And, and so why I say that is because anything that affects us in our life, you know, we, we forget that it's, it is teaching us something that we can't expect our lives to be like somebody else that we've watched do the same thing because it's, it's very unique to your own story. And, and when you work through that process, then it is about, Okay, now I have to start over. And and so for you, um, you know, being able to really challenge yourself now and work at the Veterans Hospital and 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 do all the things that you're doing to give back, uh, I think is really so powerful because uh, you hear it, you know it, you see it in, in everything that you do and that you touch, that it's going to leave your, your legacy for the things that you have accomplished. Yes. Uh, that's you, the funny, the, the thing that you say, the way you said that, Melanie, is, is yes, that's, I want to leave a, a, a legacy. I want to leave my impact. Uh, I want people to know that hey, Craig was here. Uh, yep. It's just, it, yes, it, it, my drive. I, don't get me wrong, Melanie, from when I retired in 2014 and even there, there, there's been setbacks, uh, through 2000, uh, a year after, uh, my hardheadedness kicked in again and I stopped taking some of my, I didn't stop. I asked the doctor to take me off of some medicine because I never was a pill taking kind of guy. And, and I didn't know any better what this medicine that I was asking them to take me off. I just told them, I said, I'm, I'm done taking all of these pills. I want to be taken off of these. Mm-hmm. Well, one of those pills that I had stopped taking was a uh, Keppra, which prevented me from having seizures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, believe it or not, uh, uh, 
uh, a year after I'd had my brain tumor, my surgery and stuff. Well, I went through a uh, full day, full night time of seizures. Uh, so now there's one pill that I will take for the rest of my life. And that's because I will never wish a seizure on anyone. That is the worst feeling in the whole entire world. Uh, Sometimes we can't, so, we, we can't take that information into our own hands, right? We have to, <laughs> we have to yeah. step back and say, who is trying to help us and what's this information going to, yeah. going to be able to do? Yeah. So, I mean, that's just one of the minor little setbacks, well, not a minor setback, but one of the setbacks in it to being able to come all the way back around to where I am and what I'm doing today. And, and it's, it's just an awesome feeling to be able to do what I'm doing. It's an awesome feeling to be a role model for my dad or from, well, not for my dad, but <laughs> for my kid yep. to be a dad uh, and to, 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 to just press on and keep making an impression and make an impression on my coworkers, uh, make an impression on my family. My dad just uh, told me, well, I think, I don't know if I said this already, but he's, well, I did say this, that he's, from the talks that he was having with the doctor when I was having surgery to where I'm at now, he's just, he can't be any prouder of me. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, it's just, it's, it's an awesome feeling. Mm -hmm. And to know that there's always a, you've said it multiple times, Melanie, I was trained in the military my whole adult life up until I was in the military. Uh, so my military mindset was, is press forward and move on and probably lost. No, I know I, uh, I'd lost a little guidance along the way. Uh, I was so concentrated on succeeding in my military career that I lost who has the, 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 the big picture overall. And he, he shook me up for a little bit and got me to refocus uh, and being blessed with every day that I've had since. Yeah, it's, it, it's a, it was a humbling experience, but it was also the resiliency to be able to press forward and get back to what you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing that I want to inspire people to do. It's just to get, you got the tools, got to have patience, uh, which I've also learned some too, uh, and be resilient in what you're trying to do and, and you'll be able to get there. Yep. Just takes time. Well, and you're a testimony to that, Craig. I, uh, I really, I love celebrating you. It's, it's so, I, I can just hear it in your voice, you know, the struggle was real and it continues to be everything that you want it to be. You're just, your hopes and your dreams are right in front of you and the things that you want to accomplish and how proud you are of all of your family. And, and by the way, happy birthday to Colby today as we're recording this. That's pretty cool that it's his birthday. <laughs> You're stalking me on Facebook, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool though, right? So um, there's, there's always a purpose. There's an intent to everything that we do. And when we scheduled this, 
uh, I think that's really cool that uh, he was the one that really, you know, first saw what you were going through, how, how this change was going to affect you. And now um, so many things in your life have changed over the last eight years. And I, I just really wanted to be able to celebrate you in a big way. Uh, I've had some people with Wounded Warriors that are doing some amazing things for, uh, for leaders and some military you know, veterans that have been involved in so many of these important things that have happened in our world. And, and you're one of these leaders that as people look into their lives and they say, what can I do more of? You know, we have to think about what are the gifts that we have? What are the lessons that we've learned? And how can we show up and inspire others in the world? And so I just want to, in closing, just uh, thank you again for sharing your heartfelt story and and really helping us to reach down deep inside and say, what is it that we've been designed for? What's our purpose? And how are we going to show up today? That's what you make us do, Craig. We celebrate you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, you, you said it correct, uh, Melanie. What can I do today? to make an impact on somebody, uh, to inspire somebody here. Uh, I believe every day for that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the time today. This is, a, there, there's something on Facebook that you can't see, but, uh, there was a, uh, my best friend in the whole entire world. When this happened, uh, created, created a Facebook page, Oh, Craig's prayer list. And when I closed it down, uh, my final post on it was to, let me see if I can get to it. But my final post on it was to inspire and, 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 and pass my story along to motivate people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make an impact on their lives. I can't see it. I'm trying to get to it so I can read it exactly from what it says. But uh, I, I just feel that I closed this page down in 2014. And so I just, I feel like I have moved on. I will leave this page up. Hopefully, uh, for those of you that are, I just, yeah, when I, when I, when I, when I, when I closed it down, I wanted to inspire. I wanted to continue to share my story to inspire other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and I hope that it does. Uh, Cause that's what I, I, I feel I've been pushing that or I've been pushing that uh, direction to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want people to right now, if you're listening, uh, to go to find you at Craig, C-R-A-I-G, Zelensky, Zaleski. <laughs> Here we go. Z-A-L-E-S-K-I. Uh, and, and follow you because I think, you know, as you were talking, um, you know, when I've talked to you before and uh, earlier this year, we were, we were just talking about, you know, how you want to get your word out and be able to you know, talk to groups and, and military personnel and anyone really that 
that wants to bring you in to really understand the process of when people are looking for inspiration, the things that they're going to give up to be able to learn about their journey. And I, I think it's just, it's really critical, um, you know, as you're continuing to heal and learn and strive for that success, you know, being competitive, uh, it's something within your nature and you're always going to do that. Paying attention <laughs> to those symptoms, right? Anything that you look for now, you're going to really say, okay, what is this? And I need to go get this checked out. And and so that's a big lesson too for the men that are listening that say, oh yeah, <laughs> right? You could be helping one person to say, I need to go do that differently and I need to, I need to take care of that because you just never know. Um, and, and don't give up, right? Don't trade off your health for something that, um, that you just kind of want to brush to the side. So. Craig, uh, yes. Um, it, yes. And it, there's, there's some things out of that whole story that I could have maybe done a little differently, uh, that would have not made it so traumatic as it was, but those are all lessons learned and, uh, all lessons uh, learned. I, uh, he, everybody needs that subtle reminder every once in a while to uh, take a step back and, and refocus and, and take a look at, well, maybe I need to go get this checked out a little sooner instead yep. of being hard-headed and uh, probably not listening to their significant other because I know I probably didn't listen to my wife <laughs> some of the time during this too. Uh, but uh, yes, see the signs and take care of the signs so it doesn't turn into something worse than what it possibly could be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Take care of the symptoms when they appear. Uh, Craig, thank yes, you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate you. I, I told you I wanted to give you time to really explain all the process because uh, your story is really important. And, uh, and for all those military folks that are listening, you know, really connect uh, to Craig. Uh, and, and I think, you know, just the support, that camaraderie, that inner circle, uh, everything that, that you give and your servant leadership is so much appreciated. It's valued. We thank you uh, for everything and for pouring into us tonight. Really, really appreciate it, Craig. You're, you're very welcome, Melanie. I'm glad to be able to express or to, to share my story and love sharing my story. Totally love sharing my story. So fantastic. Well, thank you. You know, in closing, I always say everyday leaders change the world and this is what you're doing for us. So we thank you again for coming from the bottom of our hearts and we want you to take care of yourself, have a very safe rest of 2020 and keep us posted on your journey. All right, Craig. I will do that, Melanie. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great night. Happy birthday, Colby. <laughs> this has been a Joe Studios production.